This is an Unwrapped Sports Network podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 34 of NFL Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan, and we got a special guest today, Jamie Arrington. What's going on, man? Hey, what's happening? How you guys doing? Doing well. We're so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. I'm looking forward to it. Before we get in with Jamie and all of our NFL topics, wanted to remind you guys to listen to our podcast on Anchor. We're also on Spotify the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find NFL on Rap now, as well as all the other network podcasts. We're all over the place now, which is fantastic. For Twitter, make sure to go follow us at NFL on Rap. You can follow me personally at Perry Aston. You can follow Christian over here at McGowan75. You can follow our network account at Unwrap Sports. Before we get into it, we wanted to ask a few questions, Jamie, and get familiar with you and let our listeners know what an amazing guest we have on, what's going on in your life. So I'm going to let you gas yourself up. I'm going to kind of read a little bit of your credentials and just run on what you got going on in your life. Jamie's a comedian, founder of Hub City Comedy, host of To The Top Talk podcast, former NFL, NCAA, and NHL mascot. So it's going to be a super fun interview today. He's going to stay on, talk some topics with us, but wanted to let you run with it, Jamie, and let our listeners know a little bit about what you're doing nowadays. Man, I've just been sitting here at my computer for the past hour recording my podcast. <laughs> been doing stand-up now for nine years. I actually have a big show coming up if there are any listeners in the region. We do a big charity event here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi every year. It's called Last for Life with the benefits going to the International Myeloma Foundation as well as some local cancer charities. The headliner this year is Frank Caliendo. Oh, wow. Uh, you guys have seen on oh, yeah. Fox NFL Sunday. Of you course. know Frank Caliendo if you're listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. That's going to be next Friday, August the 2nd at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. But like I said, growing up, I got to be a mascot in college. I was a mascot here at Southern Miss. Did some great things here. Had, had a blast doing it. When the time came, when I graduated, finally after five and a quarter years, I got the opportunity to go to the National Football League for a little while. They're kind of particular about their teams. I mean, you can do the math. I was in the midway, so to speak, and I was actually the first one for the team. So it was kind of a new experience in a lot of ways in Illinois, of course. From there, I came back and I ended up going to the Phoenix Coyotes. Very cool. That team is not in existence anymore (laughs) in that particular name. So the Arizona Coyotes Arizona, now, now. Yeah. I came back. Oh, I didn't even mention this. I don't think this is my bio. I was kind of involved in boxing a little bit. Okay. And um, Ooh. I actually judged a Tanya Harding fight. <laughs> oh, wow. And a Butterbean fight, now that I think about it. The head of our UFC department who loves all combat sports, Brent, I'm sure he would love to ask you a few questions about that, too. He would love that. That's funny. I actually have a bit about that night. It was pretty outstanding. <laughs> But I came back to Hattiesburg, moved back, met my wife. I always had a creative void, wanted to do stand-up. And there weren't really any places around this area for somebody who wanted to do comedy. So we kind of started our own comedy group called Hub City Comedy. Been at it now for nine years. I've caught a lot of names on the way up. I started out booking on Facebook. So we were like a year into it. We started reaching out to comics on Facebook. So some of the comics that we've had here in Hattiesburg, names like Hannibal Burris. Oh, yeah. um, Wow. Tom Segura. Okay. Nate Bargatze. The Sklar Brothers. Doug Stanhope. Todd Berry, actually. The title of his book is Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg. Pretty cool little DIY comedy scene right here in South Mississippi. Then I started doing the podcast. The day I started doing the podcast, you guys are NFL fans, you'll understand the significance of this day. Our head coach at the time was Todd Munkin here at Southern Miss. Coming out with the Southern Miss podcast, I got up that morning, one of my best friends, I called him up, I said, hey, let's go record this podcast. We record the episode, we get home, and on Twitter, Todd Munkin accepts offensive coordinator position at Tampa Bay. So we had to go back and re-record 
thing. <laughs> and been doing that for a couple of years. We've, we've had comedians on. We've had former Southern Miss athletes. One of my most favorite episodes to do every year is the episode following the draft. So whether guys get drafted or whether they end up signing free agent deals, we've had guys on like Nick Mullins, Edo Smith, Jalen Richard, Kalen Reed, okay. uh, Mike Thomas. We've had a lot of guys that came out of Southern Miss that have gone on to the National Football League. That episode is always my favorite every year just because how excited the guys are. They don't have any idea of really what to expect. But just to hear the excitement in their voices and where they were at the moment they found out they were going to the certain team really makes for a good time. That's amazing. I've seen a lot of Tom Segura. Like you said, Hannibal Burris is hilarious. So I think that's awesome that you have had such high-profile guys all the way over there in Hattiesburg. I think that's yeah. really, really cool. And of Some course, big names on Netflix. Tom Segura and I just watched all of his specials on Netflix. I mean, Hannibal Burris so too. Funny, yeah. Burris has one also, and it's really funny if you haven't seen it. Hannibal actually has family in Mississippi. Okay, like the, I can see the that. first time we got him here, he was actually it was the first time he went to New Orleans, and he was taking his cousin down for his bachelor party. We took Hannibal to Pat O'Brien's down in New Orleans. If you guys have ever been yes. there, but home awesome. of the hurricane. And he he has. I don't know if you've heard this, but if you haven't, it's one of his best bits. Look up. Hannibal's bit on New Orleans okay. about how you can just throw parades in the streets and take drinks from one bar to the next. Yep. It's classic. But he keeps coming back. We had him here last October. It's been awesome to get that relationship with him and have him keep coming back and watch his career ascend. His first time was 2012. So. The coolest feeling is when you get to know someone that's on the up and up and you really get to see that potential there and you believe in them or you've had some sort of encounter and then all of a sudden, five years from then, they blow up and they're massive. You got guys like that coming back, like you said, that's really cool to see. And I'm sure with you being the head of Hub City and having so many people coming in, you are, I'm sure, the funniest guy in your city. I have no doubt about that. I tell people that. <laughs> and, uh, from Hattiesburg, we've got former comics. We've got some in LA. We've got some in New York. A lot of the major cities, but one of them actually was on Comedy Central last year on Kevin Hart's Heart of the City. Had one of us make it out of the <laughs> If one person makes it, everyone makes it. I want to just ask one more question, just to get in a little bit more detail about your time with the NFL. I know you said the league was a little bit particular with how they run their teams. I kind of want to just hear a little bit about day-to-day life with what you did with the team. What was your routine? The setup that you had, at least while you were there in that league. It was twofold. It was a lot of fun, and it was really trying at times. I mean, being the first mascot for any team is, is a challenge, especially when you have a team that has the tradition like the Chicago team has. A lot of fans were really hesitant into accepting this furry creature on the sidelines and now they love it we made the debut well i'll tell you the two the first two games are, are hilarious the first game this is at the new soldier field this soldier field had renovated this is back in 2003 we're taking on brett Favre and the packers now you gotta remember i'm a southern miss guy i grew up watching <laughs> Favre when he oh, was yeah. in southern right. miss so you see him across the sideline it was just it was kind of surreal so i had this plan i'm like okay i'm gonna win these fans over i'm gonna come out wwe style. i'm gonna come out out the tunnel i'm gonna run out they're gonna announce the new mascot gonna get to the middle of the field and my intern is gonna dress up in packers gear he's gonna come out behind me and i'm gonna hit him with a stone cold stunner i'm gonna take his cheese head i'm gonna rip it in half and i'm gonna throw it in the crowd and they're gonna go nuts the only problem with that plan is that we forgot to tell security so i turn around and i see this swarm of security i see an elbow get thrown towards my intern's throat and I see him get dragged off the field. Oh my. So I'm running behind him, taunting him, like, yeah, get him, get him. <laughs> when we get back to the tunnel, I'm like, you know, hey, this, he's with me. He's good. And he pulls out his pass, and they're like, well, you know, we, we didn't know. You should have told us. <laughs> Funniest part of that is the next day, on the first page of the Chicago Sun-Times, they have a headline, and it says, first fan arrested at New Soldier Field. And I was like, oh my God, it could not have gone off. <laughs> 
Oh my god. So they probably still went crazy, right? They did. I think they were just cheering that the Packers fan was getting roughed up. I don't think they really had the connection yet. That's and a real rivalry. You're right, exactly. It's very intense rivalry. And I didn't realize how annoying Packer fans could be until that point. So the next week we're taking on the Oakland Raiders. And the Oakland Raiders are coming off a Super Bowl. They didn't win, but they played in the Super Bowl the year before. And I don't really think that we debuted the character in the way that we should have in a lot of ways. There was a lot of you know, posturing on uh, as far as how we should have unveiled this new mascot. They wanted it to be more for the kids than anything, but I think there were some things that could have been done better, but that's all in hindsight. I mean, everybody's done a great job. Staley is, is amazing now. When I mentioned having a team with tradition, there were some people in Chicago, some Chicago fans, who did not appreciate having a mascot. They thought, we're above that. We're one of the most storied tradition teams in all of football. So my email inbox, I'd get some hate mail. Really? So the next week, and at this time, the Bears were 0-3. So we're going to this game taking on the Oakland Raiders. And we battled. I was out there. I was just trying to hype every chance I got. So I was in the end zone. I got the crowd to do the Little John song back then. The window to the wall. <laughs> oh, now, my God. Oh, as David Bell says, it's now that white people know what that means. That's a totally different meaning. <laughs> but um, the Bears win by a field goal. In that moment, the fan base, it went from hate mail to fan mail overnight. There were people that, you were the good luck charm. You won them that game. Having nothing to do with it. Just being out there, I guess, for a superstition. It was funny to see how the change happened overnight, especially with the win. I mean, you win, everybody's happy. Right. Now, do you think if they had missed that field goal that your tenure might have been a little shorter in Chicago? (laughs) 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 They might have actually thought you were a bad luck charm. You got the Cody Parkey treatment. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Somebody would have blamed him for something. I mean, I'm sure he so I'm sure he got blamed for that last year. If you remember after Cody Parkey and missed the field goal, there's Staley in the end zone. He just drops to his knees and just falls down. I think that went viral for a while. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's getting blamed for something. That sounds like one of the most fun jobs I can imagine, especially right. with you being a pioneer. I think this is amazing. That's so fantastic that you got to see the negatives. And I know it's funny to talk about now. Probably wasn't so funny back then. And then, of course, the positives. When you say that hate mail turns to fan mail, I think that's hilarious overnight. Because for me, I'm a sports fan. Of course, Christian is too. I don't want to say I'm superstitious, but I definitely have a little bit inside me. If anyone really believes in sports, there's miracles and something causes that. And if that means you're wearing the same pair of socks every game or, right. you know, you're a certain pair of underwear or whatever you do the pre-game rituals i just feel like everyone has that small bit of child in them that believing in something so i think that's hilarious really great story thank you jamie no problem that was probably the coolest story we've ever had on this podcast more more stories are going to definitely come up throughout the conversation just wanted to talk a little bit about nfl what's going on around the league right now and of course some topics we'll probably spend a little bit more time on than others Jamie, do you play Madden or maybe did in the past? I did. Okay. I was hardcore up until probably the mid-2000s. Before that, I was into the Tecmo football. Okay. You really want to go back that far. Now we're taking it way Uh, back. Tecmo football uh, is where it's at. If anyone hasn't played that, go to someone's house that was born in 1980 or 90. And get Bo Jackson. Yeah, get someone. Get Bo Jackson. Yeah. That is the key. (laughs) Cheat code. We're going to bring up some Madden 20 ratings. They were released, and there was a lot of fan hate going off from what we were just talking about with all your emails i'm sure the guy that creates these rankings got a ton of hate mail as well because social media was just going off about this we put up a poll 
asking everybody what they thought about the job that Madden did. And it was a dead tie between average job and bad job because the other two were amazing or cringe. And you guys believed it was somewhere right in the middle. So of course, you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. But it seemed to rub a lot of people wrong, at least a few. And there were some players that reached out also. So that's even funnier. We're going to start with the 99 overalls. There's four selected players this year, three of them on defense. Aaron Donald, absolute Obvious. beast. Yeah. Like, you have to all agree that Aaron Donald's a 99. So that one is a unanimous decision. Yep. Khalil Mack. I agree. I yeah. completely agree also. Jamie, what do you think about Khalil Mack? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that, as a Bears a, fan. A crime. As a Bears fan. I mean, that guy came and turned that defense around. The bad boy Chicago Bears back in the day, this is the first guy that I've seen since Brian you know, Urlacher. Brian Urlacher was the last bad boy that was around. And now you see... Guys like this coming around, it gives me hope that there is still dog in some of these guys. Demarcus Lawrence, who's a guy I was going to bring up in a second. You got that dog in you, and that's what I love to see on the defensive side. Bobby Wagner. Now, this is one that we can debate. What do you think, Christian? Bobby Wagner, 99, pretty much saying he's the best linebacker in the league. So let's start with that conversation before the 99. Is he the best linebacker in the league? I can see between him and a healthy Luke Keekley. Now, I don't agree with the, if you're the best at your position, you should get the 99. 99 is a certain level you have to reach. And if your position as a whole doesn't get to that point, I could see middle linebackers not having a true 99 at their position because I don't think Bobby Wagner is a true 99. I think okay. 97 is where his right. overall should lie. That's what I was going to say too. I agree with you. I think 97 would be a fair rating. 98 would be generous and I would still be okay with that. I know we're splitting hairs, but we're talking a 99. This is the best overall rating you can have. You have to look at last year also because that has to come into some consideration. And I know it's not everything because you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell who didn't even play last year. Maybe guys that were injured for the majority of the year, but everyone knows how good they are. You're still going to take past years before that into consideration. Christian and I were talking about it before the podcast. There's a thousand factors yeah what your overall comes out it's tough but jamie i'm going to ask you about bobby wagner what do you think about the 99 it would have made more sense a few years ago in my mind i don't really think he's ever been definitely one of the best out there but i kind of think right now this particular year 99 is a little bit of a stretch yeah i agree agree. with you completely and we got deandre hopkins the only offensive player as a 99 i'm gonna say absolutely the guy had zero dropped passes last year zero Zero. Like, I'm going to repeat that again. The guy had a monstrous year. He's making Deshaun Watson look like a star. He's got to throw it up. You know he's going to come down with it. He is one of the most dominant receivers I've ever watched play. Not saying he's one of the best of all time. It's way too early to tell. I think he's got to continue going and we got to see how it goes if his team ever really becomes successful. You know, they ever win some rings and stuff like that. But for him, skill-wise, he's the best wide receiver in the league if you're going to ask me right now. What do you think? You know, I couldn't agree more. He's definitely the most skilled wide receiver in the NFL. You go from route running, size, speed, hands, awareness. His ability to break you off, his ability to get inside your head, to come down with a spectacular catch. I know that didn't count, but the the through-the-leg catch that that he had on the ground, that's incredible. In terms of pure skill, yeah, that's the one that I... In terms of offense, people saying Patrick Mahomes, we'll get into that in a second, he's a 98, but I think in terms of offense, he's the only true 99. Yeah, I agree. Jamie, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins? I totally agree. It's so much fun to watch. You think about it, he's at that 99, and this is not to slam on Watson at all. I think he's a talented quarterback. He's fun to watch. But if you get a little bit more of an accurate quarterback with him, and I mean, Sky would really be the limit. Imagine him and Aaron Rodgers together. Jesus. <laughs> Unreal. That's, well, that, that's I mean, what Madden's for. Right? <laughs> 
So we're going to bring up some interesting groups of players that we pulled up and want to do the same thing where we all three of us kind of give our take. We'll group these players together. We have the sophomore quarterbacks, and then we're going to throw the rookie quarterbacks, the top five, and kind of talk about if there's one or two that we think is unjust or maybe one that fits perfectly. For the sophomore quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield taking the top at 81 overall. Josh Rosen, 77 overall. Lamar Jackson, 77 overall. Sam Darnold, 75 overall. And Josh Allen at 74 overall. Those are the five quarterbacks that were taken in the first round in last year's draft. I'm going to start with this one. Baker Mayfield, 81. I think they got that one on the money. I think that's fair. Didn't have the most amazing season last year. Had a lot of promise. Didn't play the whole season either. I think 81 is a really good rating to give Baker Mayfield. And you could have even made an argument with me if you wanted to put him at an 82 or an 83. I would have been fine with that too. And that's how high I was on Baker Mayfield last year. Josh Rosen out of 77. That's a little too generous for me. I, I think a 74 or 75 would have been just for Rosen with how his last year went and what he's shown so far as a quarterback. Lamar Jackson, 77. I think you could have even given him a 78 or a 79. No, I agree. He had a fantastic year last year, and you got to take his attributes as a runner. I really see him in Madden, which is the perfect player for Madden. That's the kind of guys you want. I used to run around with Michael Vick, run in circles oh, yeah. and throw it 90 yards. That's the fun. That's why you want to play Madden. No one wants to be Peyton Manning when you're playing Madden. Everyone wants to have fun and you know run around and do their thing. Josh Allen, 74 overall. Come on. That guy had a fantastic year last year as well. The only reason why the Bills even became somewhat relevant, yes, he didn't play part of the year. Either did Baker Mayfield. Either did Lamar Jackson. A lot of these guys didn't play the whole season. Sam Darnold's the only one. Yeah, and Josh Allen gets a 74, and you got to take his running attributes as well because the guy yeah. ran all over the league for like six weeks straight. To give him a 74, that's a bit of an insult for me. He should be 77, or Rosen is, yeah. and Rosen should be a 74. Now, Jamie, just want to get your take on the five sophomore quarterbacks that we brought up. I was about to say the same thing. I hadn't seen those particular rankings on those guys, but I think Josh Rosen has potential, but I don't think he's earned the rating they gave him, and I think Josh Allen is vastly underrated. Josh Allen, I don't know if he could be the best quarterback out of these five, but at least probably the second best. I really like how he is. His accuracy got better throughout the season. I was impressed with Josh Allen last year, and you got more weapons around him. You beefed up offensive line. You made really smart signings for the Bills. Really low-key, really good offseason. I'm expecting a surprise season from them. I'm not saying playoffs. I don't want to make that hot take because Bill Belichick and Tom Brady still live and they're still <laughs> playing together. But for me, I think the Bills can put up a Browns type of season from last year. I wouldn't go that far. But in terms of the sophomore quarterbacks, I think Sam Darnold is the one who got kind of shafted the most in this. If we want to write a pass on having a bad first year, I think the Jets would be the team that you should give a pass on. I mean, at least the Bills have some redeeming qualities. The Jets, they have Jamal Adams and Williams on defense. Now they have both Williams, but the Jets had no offensive weapons around them. And Josh Allen, yeah, he ran around with his head cut off, but Sam Darnold really tightened it up down the stretch. That is true and to go on what you said about Lamar Jackson yeah I could see Lamar Jackson as an 80 overall if you if you really should count his running stats accurately he's an unbelievable talent athleticism wise and he does have a high throwing power I think the awareness and the accuracy stuff should be lowered but in terms of overall to have Baker Mayfield 81 I think Baker Mayfield really is a 79 okay in my opinion I think 81 is a little high but he definitely should get the nod with having that season last year but don't be fooled that Baker Mayfield inherited the 
best situation by far. Yeah. Don't even count Odell. I'm talking about all of last and season. And the coaching changes and how lenient they were with oh, him. I too. mean, they have a defense and offense. They have stars on offense. Don't even get me started on how deep the Browns are and will continue to be. You're talking about the Bills. I do not think the Bills are deep at all. I do not see them I don't, even. I don't think deep, but I think they plugged holes. And I think the I, Browns definitely made a haul last year in the offseason, but that was to repair a winless team. That was to repair the worst team that we watched in the longest time. We're going to move on to the rookie quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, 73 overall. Dwayne Haskins, 72 overall. Drew Locke, 67 overall. Will Greer, 66 overall. And Daniel Jones, 63 overall. We'll spend less time on this because we can't really dissect much from them in regards to playing in the NFL. So this is all kind of smoke and mirrors. But Kyler Murray, he does have to be the highest overall. So I like that. I think 73 is fair. I think that would be fair to place a rookie but then that leads me back to the sophomore quarterbacks that we were just talking about how is Josh Allen a 74 you know how is Sam Darnold a 75 but Kyler Murray's a 73 that's where you really have to up everybody on the sophomore side just a little bit or you have to bring down the top of the rookie side because it's a little too close and you have people that actually play in the NFL compared to complete projections but for me I think Daniel Jones at 63 is absolute comedy I think that is hilarious I think Daniel Jones was the most hated draft picked out of anyone that was picked in this last draft. Giants have a lot to figure out now, but the fact that he's that low and he was the first quarterback picked overall, a lot of laughter, and that's with the comedian on right now. And and Tyree (laughs) Tyree Jackson from Buffalo, who went undrafted, is one overall higher than Daniel Jones. So someone who went undrafted in this draft has a higher overall rating than the first quarterback (laughs) taken. Wow. That is sad. Jamie, any take on the rookie quarterback list? Really, at this point, I don't know that it's going to take much for him to look solid following Eli out there. I've always said Eli kind of looked like evolution and progress to me. He's had his moments, but I think those days are behind him. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's not necessarily looking good for the Giants right now. Right, I agree. And we're just going to list the top rookies overall. Quinn and Williams, who you mentioned earlier, Christian, on the Jets. 80 overall. Love it. Ed Oliver, 79 overall. Nick Bosa, 78 overall. Josh Allen, Marquise Brown, and TJ Hawkinson all at 77 overall. The fact that Ed Oliver is a 79 and Nick Bosa is a 78, that's very intriguing to me. And I'm a big Ed Oliver fan. I think he's an absolute beast. He's got a lot of off-the-field issues that he needs to make sure that he keeps away in Buffalo. And I think out of all the places, being in Buffalo is going to be a good place for him to start that career. Not the biggest mainstream market that's going to cause a lot of distractions. He's going to be able to focus with a team that needs a lot of help. So he's going to have to become a leader very fast. I like that. But with Nick Bosa, you're going to have to at least make him the same rating as Ed Oliver for me. Even though it's splitting hairs with one overall, Nick Bosa took off the year pretty much because he just knew how good he is. Like that guy. It comes from a serious football family. His tape is insane. So for me, you got to put him at the same place as Ed Oliver. Mm. Other than that, I'm cool with these rankings. I think 77 is really good for Josh Allen, Hawkinson, Marquise Brown. I think 80 is right for Quentin Williams because he's an absolute monster. And I think he was one of the most NFL-ready guys to come in. And he's less a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, the guy has less room to grow than some other younger guys that are coming in right now. And his body type is insane. And he's coming into a good situation. That D-line in New York is going to be solid. I like this overall. What do you think about the top rookies overall, Jamie? Unfortunately, I agree with everything you just said. I don't really have any beef with I think Bosa's in a great situation, and I think that it's funny how these ratings come out and how it relates to where they were drafted. It's very strange, but I think Bosa, I agree with you on Nick Bosa. I think he's in a great situation, and he's really going to have a chance to shine this year. Yep. The few that 
kind of drove us south. A few that kind of rubbed some players wrong also. Demarcus Lawrence, who I brought up, who I think is an absolute dog. 89 overall? That guy's been the anchor of the Cowboys defense. Absolute beast. And he's got to be a top five defensive player in this entire league. I'm not going to make a top three discussion right now, but top five, that's not a debate for me. That's an absolute fact. He doesn't even break 90. He called for a boycott of the game on Twitter. So his frustration is clear. It is understood. Madden, what are you doing with that one? That one really, really hit me wrong because he deserves at least a 90, 91. I think he's a 92 or a 93 if you ask me. Like I said, top five defensive players in the league, not just D-line. That one rubbed me the wrong way, most definitely. And also to add on top of that, Keenan Allen also got an 89 and went to Twitter and posted a video of his outward rage about his overall rating. And I think Keenan Allen an 89, I think that's fair. Demarcus Lawrence an 89, I think is also pretty fair. I'd say 90, 91 is about fair for him. He's starting to get older and Madden also does imply that the older you get, you start to progress slower. So I don't see the outrage at 89. I think that's definitely More the right ballpark. More for Keenan Allen, if you ask me. For Keenan Allen, I think 89 with how he's played I think that's fair yeah especially because injury Demarcus is, is Lawrence a I think we can meet at 91 and I think that would be a fair, I think that's fair he's not fully declining yet and he just signed that extension like the guy's still in his prime so 91 for him let's agree that that's where he should be I definitely think that's fair and I just want to double back to the point you made about Ed Oliver I think Ed Oliver going into last year's draft he was the most talented player he was the number one on people's boards and he also sat out for I think like a phantom injury mostly for pride but Ed Oliver is more talented than Bosa I know you're, okay. you're really splitting hairs but I mean I also play a lot of Madden and I just think that his game at defensive tackle just the way that things are rated I know people who play Madden who are going to understand this you can be rated a little lower overall but the way that you're stacked are stacked you can be better at your position i just think all the way around at oliver being one overall is really fair yeah i got one point let's hear it please. I, have, I have one point of beef when i saw the rankings had come out this is the one that stood up to me feel free to disagree but looking at the list of running backs alvin kamara is a 90 he's a 90 right there with kareem hutt below christian mccaffrey saquon barkley melvin gordon Le'Veon. i mean i just think that that's a little underrated for alvin kamara yeah i agree with especially you especially with the speed on a game let me hop in on this because i mean i spent a lot of time down there in new orleans so i can tell that my sam fans are gonna agree with me he's a balance and a power back so whatever way you want to classify him as elusive or balance whatever he's everything and i'm a rams fan so i'm gonna bite my tongue i know i'm gonna regret this but i would rather have alvin kamara than todd Gurley right now that's just my personal opinion. I think Alvin Kamara is going to blow up next year, and I'm very concerned about Todd Gurley's long-term health. But like you said, all the running backs to have Le'Veon Bell ahead of him, you got to be effing kidding me. Le'Veon Bell, I think he's very yeah. talented. Don't get me wrong. But to have him after a year out, right. have him two overall higher than Alvin Kamara, he's going to destroy being the number one back next year like people are forgetting that his rookie season he was the number two back and he was the biggest star in the, the guys never even had the chance to be a three down back yet exactly this guy is going to explode and i agree with you I say we just swap Le'Veon Bell and Kamara. I think Bell at a 90 is fair. Right. He's had amazing seasons, right. and even though he didn't play last year, that also shouldn't hurt him too much. With you saying the years getting older, they're going to take that into somewhat 
consideration, but he didn't do anything on the field to really get a ding on his rating. And Kamara's got to be a 92-93, if you're going to ask me. And for me, Todd Gurley, 97. Last year, he didn't even play the whole season when he did. He was really effective some of the time, but the other time he was gone, CJ Anderson got pulled off the streets eating Twinkies, and they put him in there, fluffy CJ, and he was killing it, putting up 150 yards a game. One, that showed how great their O-line was last year and how replaceable some running backs are, a.k.a. Le'Veon Bell, when you saw with Connor last year also. But at the same time, Zeke and Saquon Barkley had phenomenal years last year. Played the whole season. Both of them were very, very impressive. To see Zeke at a 94 and Saquon at a 91, I would have loved to see them both at like a 95 or a 96. And I would have loved to see Gurley at like a 95. I think 97 is too generous for any of the running backs right now. And if you're going to give that to anyone, it's got to be Zeke or Saquon. And Saquon, the only argument you can make is that he's too young. He was a rookie. But at the same time, does that not... Impress you even more? I think Saquon's the most talented running back. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to look at who had the best year from running backs last year, too, it's Saquon. Overall, it's going to be that debate stat wise between him and Zeke if you take all stats into consideration. But give me Saquon, and I'm a Cowboys fanatic. Saquon is the most talented running back in the league. And from the season he had last year, I see no reason why he wouldn't be there, too. So I'm really glad he brought up the running back list. Real quick, Olavion Bell. He should get some kind of a handicap for having Adam Gase. I think that's not going to end well. So I think that having Adam Gaze as your head coach would probably knock you down a peg or two. But we'll see what happens. So to move on to the next topic, so some of Gronk's teammates believe that during the season he will miss playing so much that his return is inevitable. Now, he just participated and I think it's the the all-star basketball game down here in Los Angeles. I saw he was taking pictures on the red carpet. He looks really skinny. I'm not going to make any PED allegations. I'm not going to say anything, but I have played with players who have taken things and when you stop taking things, you happen to get a lot smaller very quickly. But he looks a lot thinner than he did a couple months ago. And I think that with all things considered, I do not believe that his return is likely given the status that his body's in. Now, I didn't watch the All-Star game. Maybe he's just jacked underneath. He's ripped. He's cut up. You know, I didn't see that. But when you play tight end, there's a beating. And that beating is what he supposedly retired for. I'm really hard-pressed to think that he, at a lower body weight right now, is really thinking about coming back, but Gronk's crazy, so I never would really put my money on him. I really could see him coming back, but people are going to camp right now. He does not look like he is camp ready. Well, like you said, he's a really interesting guy, so I see him falling in love with something off the field. Like, I know it seems easier said than done, but for him, he's such an athletic guy, such a good-looking guy, such a talented guy, He could take his talents to so many different markets, to so many different things, acting or WWE or being the face of the XFL is something I brought up like a few months ago. For him, there's a lot of possibilities with such a big personality. Make a show about Gronk, and I promise you, all three of us are going to tune in. Promise you, no matter what it is, that's one of the most interesting guys in the NFL. Don't do the Jason Witten thing and come out and show you have no personality, then have to come back to football because to redeem yourself. Yeah, so so. people forget about it. He's had all the injuries, but what is there left to prove for Gronk? He's done everything that he needs to do, won all the titles he needs to win, and the guys that come back to football, what they struggle with is relevance. Gronk is in a position where he's still going to be relevant even out of the game. Right. Yep. No, I agree. That's what we said. I think such a big personality. How does he not just gravitate to something else that's massive? I feel like that's a guy that can't stay out of the spotlight. There's no way. Right. And from a money standpoint, to get his brand right, I know he hasn't spent a lot of money. I know he's only 
lived off endorsements, but if he plans on making money for the rest of his life, he would hurt his long-term money to go back to football and not focus on the Gronk brand, TV shows. I could definitely see him. I mean, Travis Kelsey got the, was the catch of yeah, love, you know? Yeah, whatever that was. I would like to see Gronk on a dating show. I think he's much more personable than Travis Kelsey, and if not that, maybe even a Jersey Shore type thing <laughs> with Gronk, you know? Give him a job oh. at a t- Let Gronk... Give him a job at a t- <laughs> at shop. A t- shop. Shop. You know yes, please. That would be freaking amazing. I would love that. Put him in Vegas on the strip for a few days. Give him a few different things and kind of see what happens. I think he'll figure it out. He'll get a headline show somewhere. Him and Marshawn Lynch do like a Man vs. Wild TV show. (laughs) So we're going to move on to a little bit more of a boring topic. The Texans who aren't hiring a general manager. They're divvying up the responsibilities between multiple front office members that are already there. That's a team that is right there in purgatory. They have talent. They have a pretty good defense. They have Deshaun Watson. They have Hopkins. The running backs, a question for them. Like They're right there at a point where they could be successful. They can hunt for a playoff spot, like a wild card. But I don't see anything fantastic happening from the Texans, even though they're lucky enough to play in a somewhat weak division. That is getting stronger. It's going to get harder and harder to make it in that division right now with all the other teams around them also improving to have a general manager it's huge you know for example the wizards they had a guy that was their interim gm tommy shepherd and they just finally placed a tag on him to finally have him come and be the actual general manager like how are you running a professional franchise without a general manager how do you run a fucking buffalo wild wings without a general manager you need someone that's in charge of that it blows my mind to hear that the 76ers last year ran without a GM until they finally picked Elton Brand. They had a coach that was making decisions. The Jets, they had someone that was making decisions there, did the whole draft for them, did all of free agency, gave out record-breaking deals, and then they let him go. And then you make the coach that you just hired, who I know you already made an Adam Gase jab, Jamie, which I agree because I think he's out of his fucking mind. You're going to bring him in there to coach your team, which I think is debatable, and then you're going to give him the reins to make all decisions? What are you doing? That baffles me. So a team like this, the Texans, you go out and get anybody. I don't give a crap who it is, but you make one person in charge of this. This is not general manager by committee. That has never worked. It's never going to work. If you want a board, people that can be consultants for you, of course, that sounds like any business that's successful and large that has big decisions to make. But how do you not have one person that has final say? It blows my mind. So from a business standpoint, Texans, what are you doing? And it's really sad to see that all of this happened because they could not draft Andre Dillard. They allowed the Eagles to come up at 22 and draft offensive linemen. That's their biggest positioning is offensive line and then running back. Their offensive line is horrible. And then who did they go right after? They picked a guy that wasn't even projected to what, round two or three? Yeah, it was the offensive tackle at Alabama State who played in the Senior Bowl. And he's a really good player. I mean, he could end up being like Armstead for the Saints, their left tackle who was at Arkansas Pine Bluff and he ended up being a really good left tackle. But it definitely was a reach and you could tell that when the Eagles traded up to 22 the Texans were just frazzled they literally were a deer in the headlights they picked the next offensive lineman on their board they didn't have a W2F plan they didn't have a next guy on the board they right. literally were like we need an offensive lineman they drafted our offensive who's lineman big? who's, who's big? big who's big who's big and plays tackle oh this guy <laughs> the Eagles have probably the best offensive line in football going into next year and Dillard who would have started for the Texans will be a backup he will not start over Lane Johnson or Peters he will strictly be a backup unless he wants to play guard so the Texans 
were so frugal they couldn't move up one spot to get an offensive lineman who would start for their team. To me, it looks like the Texans are going to take a huge step back. They haven't figured out Jadavion Clowney's situation. I just don't know what they're going to do. J.J. Watt is getting older. He's always injured. I wouldn't want to be a Texans fan for a number of reasons, but <laughs> their team does not look good. They are in DEFCON 1. Right. And we're going to move on to our next point, maybe a little bit less time for Richie Incognito. But I wanted to ask you, Jamie, for any opinion that you have on Richie Incognito, because this guy cannot stay out of trouble. He is now suspended for two games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Do you have any opinion on him? Because I know for me, I can go on for days about players like this, but we're about to get into our scumbag phase of the podcast talking about him and Tyree Kill next. But I wanted to hear if you had any kind of personal opinion or any reaction to the news that Richie Incognito is yet again suspended. I mean, I'm not surprised. Right. And you think at this point, you would think that with the salary he's making at this stage in his career, I would just take a flyer on an undrafted free agent, you know, <laughs> that I really like. It definitely has to mess with your team culture. The Raiders haven't had the best culture the past year, at least. I don't know how he keeps sticking around. So to give some context to the situation, he threatened to shoot up a... Now, let me get this right. A mortuary. It was at his father's funeral. Now, I don't understand the exact... X's and O's the situation, but he threatened to shoot up the funeral home at his father's funeral. Now, Richie Incognito is not the pillar of mental stability, and someone who's lost their parent, I understand that's a very trying time of your life, but this situation, I think we should take it in a vacuum. Richie is obviously not the most well-put-together human being, but this situation just reeks of family tragedy and Richie not having the correct support system around him that he needs. Now, I really hope that with everything going on in Oakland that he has the right people around him, and this situation did happen last summer, so he has had a full 365 to get passes. I'd have to imagine the Raiders talked to him about the situation. The Raiders had to have known that he was right. likely facing right. a suspension when they signed him. So I'm just hoping that he's in a good place just for the person because Richie has had such a tumultuous career. I remember seeing a video of him taking a baseball bat to his Ferrari in his front yard for no reason. And if the Raiders are going to sign him, I understand they are the hard knocks of the NFL right. this season. But they wouldn't take a chance on Richie, given all of these things, if Richie, one, isn't in a good place after all of this, and two, is ready to ball. I hope he's doing well. I know he's done some really shitty things, but given all the things that happened with that situation, I just hope he's okay. I mean, he was labeled a racist in the beginning of his career, and he had all those issues, I believe, was in Miami. It was, and yeah. It's just a lot of culture issues that stem from him, and there's some players that can never shake that. There's people that it takes a while for them to get their head out of their ass. So if you were in physical shape to play, and this is a two-game suspension, mentioned that Maybe the Raiders saw like it was no big deal. So be it. The Raiders don't have the best reputation to protect anyways. They're used to taking guys like this. And they were shitty last year. Maybe he's turning things around. For a guy that will never redeem himself in my eyes, Tyreek Hill. We're going to move on to this. And I don't want to spend too much time because I know everyone has their own personal opinion. And everyone's entitled to their own personal opinion, which is why I'm so vocal of mine. I think he's the biggest scumbag in the league. Him and Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt as well because you can see what he's done to women, but I have never heard about Cream Hunt hurting a child. And this is not to excuse that Tyree Kill has had abuse to women in the past as well. So many legal problems. So this guy hits women, he hits kids, yet the NFL, with audio tapes, everything, and I understand that the court of law is not perfect. I understand that people slip through the cracks, and I understand that some things aren't admissible. I understand that there's bullshit that happens, and I'm sorry that I'm ranting so much today, but these are topics that are serious. And for the NFL, it's just another example of you not stepping up to the plate, of you just fucking up again. And Tyreek Hill does not deserve to be in the league at all, if you ask me. And you're going to give a man zero game suspension? Zeke was found innocent in the court of law 
a girl of his past that made an accusation to him, and he missed six games. Ruined Christian's fantasy football playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to look at it like that? Six games for a guy that was found innocent. And I understand that the NFL has their own investigations. Mm -hmm. I I lived with that. Six games. If that's the precedent that you want to set, good for you. I'm a Cowboys fan, but you could have given him eight. If that was the precedent that you wanted to consistently set, good for you, NFL. But you are not keeping it consistent. You stay quiet like cowards. You let guys like this over and over and over again get away with this shit. No statements. You want to get more of a female audience? I know the marketing plan is to increase your female audience. You've already lost a lot of your older demographic with men after the anthem stuff. A lot of veterans don't watch anymore. A lot of older guys that aren't as liberal as we are nowadays that can't see past things, they're not watching anymore. The NFL, the ratings, they're probably still the same, but the NFL is so much more controversial. And I guess you can say, yes, it's a entertainment entity you want drama yeah you want drama you want people spurning teams and you want massive contracts going out and you want gambling to be incorporated with your team like you want so many things that are right with the world you don't want to be known as the team as the league as a person that if you don't say it's okay you're not saying that it's not okay and i understand that you want to win football games but To give a guy a zero-game suspension shows that you just don't give a shit about this. If you're athletic enough to put people in seats, then you can play here in the NFL. And this is just another example of them, like I said, not stepping up to the plate. And I think it is pathetic. That's my opinion on it. I don't know how you guys both feel about it. But for me, Tyreek Hill, if you were available in the 11th round of my fantasy league, I still wouldn't take you. With fantasy football, you want to win. But I still have some morals as a human being. I can't root for you to do well on a week-to-week basis. I can't watch the Chiefs and be like, oh, come on, come on, pass the Tyreek Hill. Like, that's the last thing that I want. I don't want Kareem Hunt starting for the Browns. He's going to be picked in the first round of many fantasy leagues, and it drives me crazy. I'm not going to take shots at people that are going to do it because I understand you want to win your fantasy league, but come on, how do you root for a guy like that? You're a Cowboys fan, and I love to get on you for it, but when Z got suspended, I was, okay, this is what we're doing. Six games, even if there's no video, if they believe that you laid your hands on a woman, six games is the minimum, whether there's a video or not. Right. Okay, so Kareem Hunt kicks a woman on video and he gets, what, one more game? Go to Tyreek Hill, gets a no-game suspension. What's the system? Where what, is this line? What it seems to me is you really wanted to spurn Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and you had the first opportunity and you took it because there's no consistency in the punishments you're doling out. Like you said, the NFL and a court of law, the burden of proof is lower in the NFL. You're not getting convicted. However, the things that Tyreek Hill said, there's a gentleman on the Ravens who suspended four games for having threatening and violent conversations over phone with his girlfriend. He suspended four games. Basically doing the exact same thing Tyreek Hill is doing on video to his girlfriend saying, yeah, you should fear me too in replying to his son's injuries. Now, I am just like you, Perry. I am furious about this. I am a little more less morals than you because I don't care about fantasy. I'm trying to win. But what... what, what a piece of shit. I am a piece of shit. I, I would draft Cream Hunt too. I drafted Zeke. I'm not about to sit here and tell you that I'm not about to try to beat you in fantasy football. Now, with that being said, these guys shouldn't be in the NFL. I'm going to be 100% truthful. I'm still going to watch the NFL, regardless if they're playing or not. Yeah, I'm not going to root for them. I'm not going to enjoy watching the Browns play, but I'm still going to watch the NFL. I really want to see them at some point as someone who spends money on their stuff. I want to see them put their foot in the ground and say, hey, we're not going to allow these type of people in our league because the Chiefs have like, what, three domestic abusers on their team alone. Now one of them's on the Browns and one of them gets to stay. 
I'm pulling my hair out at the inconsistency on the punishments. It seems like you want to do the right thing. I would love to see them step up and release something or team up with a group that supports victims of domestic violence. I would love to see them make some sort of partnership or sponsorship, something that would show that they have some morals. Jamie, I'm going to ask you your opinion on this one. When you heard the audio back last spring of him talking to his girlfriend, you were just horrified. But when the full audio came out and you got to hear the whole thing, I think more questions arose than answers, especially with it being cut and dry. First to me, what was disappointing was the way that the news edited the audio down to, to pick and choose what they wanted to put out there. Because it put this whole narrative into play that if you listen to that entire audio that was out there, it kind of brought up some more questions. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that after I heard the entire audio, I had everything became more gray to me than it was. I'm not saying that he's a saint. I'm not disagreeing with either of you. But once the evidence came out there, it was really tough to say, oh, yeah, he definitely did this or this definitely happened. And even with he saying that she falsely accused him of abuse and her going right along with it. During that recording, they turned in and got him in trouble in the first place. So it sounds like a bad relationship for both of them. <laughs> Regardless of football, they should probably move on. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially when you think about like Reuben Foster with that relationship he's still with that woman. I agree yeah. with you. When, when, I, when I read that full transcript, it definitely is muddy. Their relationship is tumultuous. The only thing for me is when you have the past, like Tyreek Hill does, when you have the domestic abuse stuff at your previous school, for me, it kind of makes the burden of proof is even more... To me, because if you have a past of doing this, I'm less inclined to believe that you are innocent in this. And right. now I understand innocent until proven guilty, but I'm talking about me personally, you did that in college and now you want me to believe a couple years later, now that you have money and fame, that this is not going to happen. I understand she could have used that against him knowing his past, but to me, if you have that past, like you need to do everything in your power to stay out of the media for anything negative. And it just so happens that a person that has a tumultuous past now has a second offense. The transcripts were muddy, but when you have a past like that, to see where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Completely agree with you both. It's just absolutely absurd to see that we're still talking about this stuff for the NFL. I'd love to see you step up. Hopefully they do soon. But with good news for the NFL training camp is here, and we are so excited with it coming up right now. We are ready to see football. There's a lot of teams that were excited about their potential. A lot of teams coming off some great seasons. A lot of losing teams that have made a lot of moves. A lot of coaching changes. A great draft. So I'm super excited about the league coming up. We're not going to spend the time to make predictions. We'll do another show about that. But we're just very excited that football's back. Talking about training camp, wanted to bring up a quick point about Ezekiel Elliott, someone that we just spoke about, and his camp debating if they want to do a holdout or not for camp. They've been in extension talks with the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, and at first we were hearing that it was pretty imminent that he was going to sit out for some, if not all, of camp. But now a lot of reports are saying that he may not and just trust that Jerry Jones will get this extension done. But I just want to ask you, Christian, your opinion on this situation. He has two years left on his deal. Zeke literally just walked out of Goodell's office again for something that he did and has to defend himself for. He does not deserve the money for the off-the-field reasons. He definitely does for the on-the-field reasons. Dak and Amari Cooper, they've kept themselves out of the media light. So I think that for that reason, they deserve the money. But Zeke needs to have one full 365 days where he can ball and keep himself out of trouble. So this time next year, if he isn't at raves pushing over security guards and putting up 1,000-yard rushing seasons, then yes, he deserves a massive extension. Until he can do that, then just play out your contract. Then that's when I'd give him the extension as an owner. I think that it's going to get done. 
I think the Cowboys right. with the loyalty, I think it's there. Mm-hmm. I think they know that they would be in a weird spot without him. I think he's the core of that offense. I really want to see this deal get done as a Cowboys fan, but as someone that's watching the NFL, it's a good fit and it's a team that needs him and I think that it's a good market for him. We're going to end this podcast with a really sad note that happened this last week with former New York Giants offensive lineman Mitch Petras dies of heat stroke at age 32. Way too young and rest in peace to a former football player. I'm sure an amazing person and our thoughts and prayers to the Petras family and anyone that's ever came in contact with him. It's an awful news to report. Yeah, this has seriously scared me. I mean, I played offensive lineman in college, and I'm only 24. We're only eight years apart, so I have been looking at myself a little more recently in some of my health decisions because of this. 32 years old, guys, that's not that old at all. That is very, very young, and he died out front of his family's business just doing lawn work. Right, and it's really hot right now, and especially on the West Coast. I don't know how it is on the East Coast. Oh, I imagine the South. I'm sure the South is humid as hell. They just had a hurricane they just missed. Yeah, everyone needs to be staying hydrated. I know it's just stupid that we have to remind each other of that but with how hot it's getting this is something serious so rest in peace it's an awful way to end the podcast but we have to report it and wanted to of course remember his life and share our thoughts and prayers with his family hey do we have time for a quick story we do time of my life was training camp and every night all the players go out and usually you go to the same bar i saw where brian Erlacher was going to a different bar so i decided i was going to follow him we go to this other bar and all these fans were in there. I was just amazed because he took every picture. There were people in there with footballs. There were people in there with pictures of Brian Urlacher for him to sign. <laughs> Nobody knew we were coming, but he was as cool as he could be. He sat wow. there, drank his beer, took every picture, signed every autograph. So I'm sitting at a table. It's him, Olin Krutz, my buddy Mark, who was an intern, and we were just sitting there at a table. And Mark turns to me and he goes, hey, man, he goes, that new Freddie and Jason movie's coming out. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, Freddie's going to kick Jason's ass. He stands up and he slams his fist on the table and he goes, Jason's way better than Freddie. You can't kill Jason. He goes off on this tangent. He sits back down, has his beer, cool the rest of the night. But (laughs) Freddie and Jason set that man off. Oh, my God. That is the most Brian Urlacher story I've ever heard. That was probably the most intimidating thing you've seen at a bar, probably, right? Oh, I changed my mind. I think Jason is way better. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing story to end the podcast. Okay, thank you so much for adding that in at the end. And we want to just thank everybody for listening to episode 34 of NFL Unwrapped with our guest, Jamie Arrington, comedian, founder of Hub City Comedy, host of To The Top Talk podcast, talking about Southern Miss former NFL, NCAA, and NHL mascot, and what an amazing guy. So thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to, again, chat with you in the future. We wanted to remind everyone to listen to us on Anchor, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcast now, you can find us. It's fantastic. You can follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrapped. Our network account on Twitter at Unwrap Sports. Me personally at Perry Aston and Christian here at McGowan75. Thank you to our sponsors at Yamble Sports, Sportscaster, and Sleeper, a trio of amazing apps. All having to do with different things, but all with sports and all amazing assets to us at Unwrap Sports. So again, Yamble, Sportscaster, and Sleeper. If you're not already having those on your phone, I don't know what you're doing, so go download those now. Thank you so much, and we're going to catch you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>